about Ross and Patrick. I don't care. Yeah, like, who cares? They obviously care about themselves, but who else do they care about? I don't know. I'm not so sure. Mm, maybe we'll have a guest or two. The world's going up in flames, so, like, who cares? <laughs> who cares? We care. Gross. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares, a podcast by a husband and wife in Brooklyn. My name is Patrick. My name is Ross. And it is like five hours to deadline. We are recording this late on a Sunday night. It's almost midnight, 5 a.m. This is going to hit the airwaves. We just got home from my big show. I'm a comedian. Have we met yet? Thanks for listening. (laughs) The big, big, big. Big show. Oh, thank God that's over. No. It went really, really well, I feel. I feel very happy. I'm uh, putting on this energy in my voice because really in the car just now, I was like, yeah, I'm happy. That went well. This is me excited. Yeah, and now we're like, produce, 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 content, content, content. We need to push the content. But we just, you know, we got to stick to our Monday morning reveals. Yes. Rachel's awaiting a new episode. We are coming into Monday purse first, revealing Ooh. our looks, our looks. Walk into Monday purse first, purse first. And yes, Rachel Scontrianos, God, I love you. What an amazing person. <laughs> Thanks for bringing out Costa, getting a sitter, crossing two rivers to come see me. I do think it's Costas. Costas. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, you're both great. Sorry to throw you off. <laughs> um, but yeah, this show I've been working on for like, uh, I don't know, a month and a half or something. I Maybe only a month ago, I was like, I just need to do this show. Let's just do it, see how it goes. And for a first run through, it felt good. And you were there, my supporting and loving wife. Yes. And the show is all about our dirty little secrets. Well, yes, it's about our dirty it's about your dirty secrets and how they have affected our dirty secrets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was so great. And I was like a beaming bride sitting in the back, listening to my husband tell tales of jerking off and philandering and uh, sexual parties and... I really was beaming, and uh, as uh, Christiana, aka Miss C, uh, said, "What a love story!" And I felt the same. It's yeah. not a love story for all, but it's a love story for us. What a twisted, perverted, disgusting, filthy love story! It really—you did such a great job. I was very proud of you. I was beaming and laughing so hard at things I'd never heard before. And I was like, man, he really whipped this show together. Oh, and you seemed really like cool and collected. And, you know, the over the year that you've been doing your other one hour show at colleges, like you could just really your level of performance is so much higher Mm. than it used to be. And Yeah, you just, you command the stage, you roll with the punches. It was nice to see you have time to like work things out and not feel like, oh, I got to get this shit in, Mm -hmm. you know? 
and you felt supported by the room too, which makes such a big difference. But I really was just like a proud wife in the back, like, oh, he's so cute and smart and funny. And I leaned over to Eddie and I was like, oh my God, isn't he like the best? And then I, just I projectile on. vomited on the table yeah. and everyone was like, is that woman okay? And Eddie was like, she's gross in love and pregnant. Don't pay attention to her. I just want to let you go on and talk about how proud you are. You That is very sweet to hear and I appreciate it. And I'm just, I'm forcing myself to celebrate this moment because really what I want to do is pull out my set list circle all the things I fucking forgot like a fucking idiot sleep on it and I want to put big X's next to the ones that didn't work the way they were supposed to sleep on I it. know I know and uh, I just appreciate you saying such kind things us comics artists performers whatever we're just so fucking sensitive and we're so in our own shit that we need to just like celebrate these little victories and uh, yeah. I really appreciate that and um and yes, the room was, I did feel so supported. So many great friends came out, so many newer friends. And uh, it just really means a lot that if any of you are listening to this, it really means the world to me that you came and supported and uh, were so on board with this tale. Uh, it was just great. Um, and I appreciate that. And I was actually thinking maybe I'll get real vulnerable on the podcast and share some notes I was writing down next door before the show wow <clears throat> vulnerability a real we'll have like a real gary shandling moment this is a peek into my mean? comedy notebook uh he so uh judd apatow made a film a documentary about gary shandling's life and career and yeah the, the main, i watched bits of it the main structure of it is taken from his like notebooks where he's oh. just writing about like feelings and staying centered and Buddhism and staying present and all these things. And sometimes I'll do that. Sometimes I'll write a love letter to the audience before I perform. Cute. I did not do that tonight. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's from Cara Buller, but cute. I think that's an artist way thing. Cute. Cute. Uh, Cara Buller is amazing. And yeah, it's, it's just like you, cause you want to go and be of service to the audience. You want to like give them a good show and, you want if if you project love at them, perhaps you'll get it back. Um, and by the way, Friday night I fucking bombed on my own show in the same room where this was tonight, and like, I did not feel good. Like all day Saturday, I was like in fear that this show is like not gonna go well. Um, yeah, two shows Friday just didn't go well. People were looking at me like I had three heads. They're like, "What is this pervert talking about? This guy's a creep." Like, yada yada yada. So anyway. I think it's actually good luck to have some bombs under your belt before a big show. And uh, sure. it actually worked out. But anyway, before tonight's show, I I kind of was able to choreograph the evening with your help to like have some time before it started. Because yes. I love my friends. I love that people come out. But it is it does take a lot of energy to like chat and greet with people and bullshit before the show so i was like you know what i'm just not gonna do that and i'm gonna sit at the bar next door and come back to the venue right before showtime so i'm sitting at the bar where there is a street fighter video game contest going on <laughs> with a jazz band playing the backing music to it it was a very cool event actually what the fuck uh super nintendo classic uh at the bar next door yeah in Queens. Huge projection screen and this fucking 
amazing jazz band. Uh, anyway, I'm just like going over my notes and the set list for the show and also writing these little meditations down. So I wrote this. Uh, I said, allow yourself to feel free mm. to enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the attention and support and love. Bask in it. Feel accepted. Mm. Does this sound like a certain someone on Facebook? <laughs> no, actually, I was thinking of Stuart Smalley on SNL. You know that character? Yeah. Yeah. No, this is horrible. <laughs> this is this is why I'm feeling so vulnerable. And then I wrote, I'm sitting at the let love in. And that's what I need to do. Let love in. Let love in. Actually, that's Let Love Rule by Lenny Kravitz. Don't. <laughs> Don't need any negative thoughts, just positive, loving ones. Next paragraph. Be confident. No need to say um and uh all the time. Ooh. Did I do that a lot? No, I'm just thinking of that as like, it's like a good note for anyone in life. This is the most shameful one. I wrote. (laughs) Thanks for the prep. I wrote. Be Berbiglia. Oh. (laughs) Okay. Be loose. Be silly like Peggy. Oh, be, that's cute. Be loud if needed, quiet if not. I, was say, I thought you were going to say, be loud like Ross. <laughs> I'll write that next time. No, I'm not, uh, I'm not insisting you do. And then these are just housekeeping notes. I said, remember to turn the camera and mics on, but don't get nutty about it. Uh, be excited to share this story with them, exclamation point. That's great. And I feel like I did those things. You did. I don't also, think I was perbiglia, but... No, and you're not trying to, I take B Berbiglia as like continue to be inspired by his energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to steal his jam. Um, Where's the baby? I think she's on our fucking bed. Well, I made the bed, so. Yeah, so she's, she's like. probably on top. She's like, this is great. Thanks, dad. Yeah. <laughs> You're not supposed to be in there. <laughs> but yes, and I just shout out to all the people who all the people <laughs> and all like the your way. brother, my brother, Phil Valentine, just sending like really sweet texts, like people Aww. that knew that I had this coming up, like wishing me luck throughout the day. And then there was this one comic, this guy, Jack Burke, who I know from Boston, but now he lives in New York and like fucking love this guy. He's a great guy. And originally he was going to hang and watch, but he he said he couldn't stay because he was at the open mic beforehand. But he was just like, it's cool when it feels like people are really pulling for you. Yeah. Because it can be like super lonely out there. Like it's, there is like, especially when you're on a showcase with like six or seven other comics, a lot of times we're all friends and stuff. But even with my closest friends, there is, I have to admit this part of me that's like, I want to, I want to have a better set than them or I want to kill it tonight. There's like this layer of competition and there was just so much I just felt a lot of sweetness and support from so many different people and it feels good and I it's think just a relief that for the first rendition of this show it's it went pretty well and it's done and I can like go enjoy our week in Maine we're headed to Maine but first I wanted to say I think you've done a good job of trimming the fat of like toxic comedy friends and i think i think you have like some really solid people 
in your like creative circle these mm-hmm. days. I think also like the storytelling spillover is like good. Yeah, and there God, seems to be a lot so of like cool. positive energy coming from that world. Yeah. And it kind of seems more your, not that, I mean, you're still like always going to be doing stand up, obviously, but I think the mix of those two, it's like, getting outside help of 12 step. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like having the mix of these two things just like aids in what you're actually yeah. aiming for. Maybe a bit better. I mean, the fact that Danny Ortiz and Brian Berlin came and just to watch the show, like meant so much. Like those guys are amazing storytellers. And like, I, I've known Danny for a few years, but we just met Brian. Yeah. By the way, did we mention that podcast yet? No. Guys, Ross and I were guests on the Love Hurts podcast. Yeah, because I guess it came out in the middle Christmas of Day. this past week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Christmas Day. What a Christmas miracle, guys. <laughs> Jesus would have wanted it no other way. If you haven't listened to Love Hurts with Brian Berlin, like the city, check out his last episode. It was with Ross and I. We told our whole story. It was such a fun It was. It was really show. fun. It yeah. feels like uh, it, it was nice to like be interviewed by somebody and just like tell our story without like trying to do it just the two of us. Because we've I feel like we've told our story on here several different ways and yeah. several different times. But like that felt very concise. Yeah. Uh, and it did feel like it came out differently yeah. in ways that like felt good uh, that wouldn't have been able to happen without like a third party kind of yeah. helping helping guide, you know. I also forgot to mention that I was on the Man Whore podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just listened to it today or yesterday. It was really funny. Oh we, good. We uh Billy Presida, former guest, we uh we watched some porn together <laughs> and we just talked about who we would cast which real actors we would cast to play the characters. It was very funny. And you used some office characters. Yes. <laughs> yes. I used Jan Levinson. Who you love. Toby Flenderson and Michael Scott. And the scene is that Jan is a dominatrix. She's dominating uh, Michael, but he doesn't deserve her. And she gets mad at him. So she lets Toby cuck Michael. I mean, it's actually a very accurate trifecta. Yeah. Like if those three were going to be in a sexual situation. I hate that Toby gets shit on so much and he deserves to get some excitement. <laughs> yeah, but he's also a fucking doormat. And that's the thing about him, too. Yeah, but us doormats like to be treated. Us that way. doormats, you associate yourself with Toby? In that I, l- I would like to be smothered and sat on by a woman. Oh. Okay. Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> okay. Anyway, check out the Man Whore podcast. Uh, check out Love Hurts. And Love Hurts. Um, I have got some guest appearances on there. And just keep listening. I'm going to do this show that I did tonight, hopefully again next month or in another month. Um, hopefully, it's, I don't know. I just, I, I, think, I think it'll be good. And uh, maybe we'll start developing our Two live show, show together like our pod cares our podcast show yeah we should probably do that before we have the baby i think i oh, think yeah. it would feel good we'd feel proud it'll be funny to have a visually pregnant yeah. woman on yeah. the stage when talking about kind of your ali wong moment i also i my natasha legero moment 
Yeah, she was pregnant in that. Yeah, like big time pregnant. God, she's and was, so funny. And was wearing like an amazingly over the top outfit. Yeah, in like stiletto heels. Yeah, she's so sexy. <laughs> Just like strutting around on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> Although Ali Wong, exceptional, of course, but. Uh, also, Amy Schumer has a pregnant special now too. Yeah, we're getting out there. Yeah. Okay. Us 30-something geriatric pregnancies, you heard? I actually was at an open mic last night with a comic who is repped by my same agency. He was there. I, I like looked up from my notebook and I'm like, why is he here? He's like a very successful guy. He's got, been on TV and stuff. And I'm like, why is he here? And then I realized, oh, he's here. His girlfriend is on the open mic and she's begun doing comedy. So it everybody's doing it. Well, I am not trying to do that, but <laughs> yeah, you try. You did. I did. I was like, you know what? I'm not that interested in writing. Gotta be <laughs> honest. Not that interested in sitting here and waiting for my turn. Like yeah. I've got life below zero to watch. <laughs> oh my god, you guys! We love life below uh, zero. Shout out to Eddie for putting us on to a great show. You know what it is? It's my new Great British Baking Show. Yes. Yeah, you know? I can't. We're going to turn off, turn off these mics in a couple minutes and get back to watching that, <laughs> actually. <laughs> but we did want to check in quickly just to like shout, just process this a little bit, get an episode in the can, get it ready for air. And uh, I just, I'm, I feel very grateful. Uh, Good, you should. <laughs> Good, you should. You're the best, hon. Uh, what else is important? Oh, we're going to Maine and I'm performing like three times on New Year's Eve. And then on Thursday, the second, I'll be performing at Laugh Shack at Lincoln's Portland, Maine, baby. Woo! Club Blue on New Year's Eve at like seven. And then the Empire Comedy Club on the 730 and 10 o'clock shows. Wow. That's New get Year's Eve. Get your tickets. Get your tickets while they're hot. Portland, Maine. Get your tickets while they're Get your hot. lobster rolls. <laughs> I'm going to perform into a lobster roll. I'm going to hold a lobster roll like a mic and deliver my joke. <laughs> <laughs> you would hate that because you'd be get, you'd get like sauce butter, all over butter your Butter fingers. Hands. Yeah, I'd be like, does anybody have a napkin? You hate that. You hate getting things on your hands. Anybody got some hand sanitizer? Uh, yeah, we're headed to Maine via Boston. We're going to spend a night tomorrow night with Dave friend and brother of the show shout out to dave shout out to sheila and then we oh. finish off the trip to maine on new year's eve we stay with the dipolitos until we don't know we haven't told them when we've decided to leave yet yeah maybe february 1st <laughs> uh we had a great christmas with the dogs we did and our we? families I, I actually you know looking back at this week i feel like it was a successful Travel around, family around, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, we quick, did it. Quick visit with my mom, quick visit with my dad, but they were both rich visits. Yeah. Nourishing, totally. sweet, tender. <laughs> I love my dad. That guy's a nut. That guy's a nut, but it is. he's very sweet with Peggy. He's very excited to be a grandfather. He is. He's always generous with some cash in the card for a gift. And he's funny. He's a funny guy. You know, he. I like that he likes razzing us. Yeah. You know, I feel like he feels like he can kind of, like that's how he's showing his connection to us yeah. is that he knows that he can kind of throw punches at us and yeah. we can handle it. And 
it's know. a little painful to FaceTime with him, but. <laughs> but I mean, that's true of any older person, yeah. truly. So, as my brother said, with my mom FaceTiming her family, uh, that she is the loudest thing happening in our hometown at that mm-hmm. time. <laughs> Trying to FaceTime her family in Mississippi. Mm. <laughs> the FaceTime heard around the world. My God. Yeah, if the audio goes out while she's FaceTiming, they can still hear her. And we thought we got off the hook, too. And then my mom was like, y'all ready to FaceTime? I was like, I thought you guys did that yesterday when we weren't here. You know, I really <laughs> step it up on your family's FaceTimes. You I do. am proud that I just get in there. I crack some jokes. Thank God I didn't comment on your grandmother's injury. Busted nose. I wanted to say like, oh, what's the other guy look like or something like that. And then I'm like, I don't even know what that's like, from. She's got dementia. Let's just I, keep it moving. Yeah. She's like, who's fighting me? She's like, what nose? Who? Who is that? But yeah, you are like suffering and I'm just like, I got tap shoes on. Come on. I am doing a perfectly suitable job. I'm doing fucking shadow puppets. Well, that's your own damn fault. <laughs> Sit on the sidelines like the rest of us. Nobody else is wanting to do the heavy lifting. We, you gave me a very sweet couple gifts and a wonderful card. I love a heartfelt message in a card. He really does. Whether it's written by Hallmark or not. Usually, I prefer the person, right? Of course. A little extra. But I have to say I was open my dad's card today because I needed to get to that Monday. Because <laughs> I'm broke. Sign up for the Patreon, guys. <laughs> we don't have one. Uh, but I was reading the Hallmark message because uh-huh. he wrote some sweet little things, like two lines in the margins. Yeah. He he said, you guys have a very exciting 2020 ahead, talking about the baby. And then he said he addressed it to Ross, Patrick, and a half or something like that. Cute. Uh, anyway, I did read the Hallmark message and I started getting choked up because I was imagining my dad's voice saying the things in the card. And then I was like, I should have him record because I keep it. I have every card he's ever given me because I have this weird. What does that mean? He he is the enigma. He's the final piece. This is how he shows me love. (laughs) He is the final piece. He's the final thing to figure out in my life. Which, like, like, he is not. He's. It's pretty clear. (laughs) And I'm like, what if I took every card and made him record a voiceover of it, and then I mashed it up into some kind of wow film? Well, you've got nothing but time (laughs) and uh, serial killer-like tendencies. So, sounds like a great creative project. All right, hun, I'm very proud of you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate your love and support and. Being the social director tonight and uh, meeting up with our nearest and dearest and taking care of them and anybody else who happens to listen, I love you guys so much. Thanks for being there. It meant so much. I just took Peggy out when we got home and I bumped into Brian and Kara right outside. And it's like the universe is continuously saying there's uh, so much love around you if you just open your eyes. Abundance. <laughs> Uh, All right, everybody. Here's to 2020. We will see you next year. Thanks for listening. We I think we did pretty much an episode a week. Happy 20 motherfucking 20. It's crazy. I remember as a child when the news program 2020 
would oh, come I love on. 2020. And I used to think to myself, imagine when it's going to actually be 2020. But they were talking about the I've vision. Yes, yes, yes. Unrelated. Yeah. But I couldn't help but associate it with the year 2020 yeah. as a child. And like, we're fucking here, man. It is crazy. We're in fucking. What I do wonder is what is the year of Back to the Future Part 2? I think we've passed it already. There's so many memes where people mess with that clock that I don't know what the actual one is. I think is. we might be past it already. So we're not at hoverboards and, you know, people wearing two ties as opposed to one. <laughs> That was the best part. I was like the fashions changing in like the most bizarre way. Like business casual was them wearing the, the neckties had like two collar places. I don't remember that <laughs> at all. Well, of course I like picked You're up like, on that. Let's check out the fashion. I'm like interesting. I mean, I remember those sneakers. You just hit a button. They just lace right up. <sighs> those were cool Nikes. I think they made them actually. Yeah. Any way but 2020 see i didn't care about 2020 i was obsessed with the year 2000 we were always talking about sure. the year 2000. In the year 2000 that was such a great sketch it was uh what happened um and then that came and went and now we're 19 years deep into this like unknown space and it does feel like life is fucked up and weird it's really and, like that was up. a very clear end of because like 9-11 was like the first thing after that. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Like it's it's crazy, man. It's fucking weird around here. It did. <laughs> it's fucking Like weird. the Matrix is out of control. Yeah. Like a, a flip got, a switch got flipped. However, Barack Obama did just post his best, <laughs> his top movies of 2019 and shows he considers equally as good as movies. Wow. What are the highlights? For me, the highlights are Fleabag, season two, Watchmen. What was it? Oh, Parasite. I saw Parasite was on his list. And I haven't even seen Little Women, but I just love the idea of Barack, Barack Obama going to see Greta Gerwig's Little Women. Is he going Little Women. or does he, is he one of those people that has a home theater and oh, they I'm just sure get like he's deliver? Getting, yeah, he's not going anywhere, but... He's watching all of these things. I'm also loving the idea of him watching Watchmen and just being like, this show is so fucking good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just love and him. And now we're in a and terrible I nightmare. <laughs> I miss him so much. I'm like, like, we're talking about a class act who can watch like interesting, like current cinema. Cinema. And then we have this fucking like full villain from a Marvel movie as our president. Yeah. So anyway, happy 2020. Be safe out there. And we'll see you on the flippity flop. Bye-bye. Maybe that's the ending. It's me being like, bing, 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 bing.